Joe. George, what the hell's going on, man? I beat you to it. You did. I'm not used to that. You, yeah, you kind of took you. me off guard. Fuck you. <laughs> so, man, how's things? Uh, things are great, but, you know, we got that whole audio thing going on again, so I got to bust your balls. and uh, Again? It's still happening right now? Yeah. Really? The high no. voice shit? No, I'm referring to we have the audio only thing, so you have to explain what's going on. Oh, <laughs> you, Joe. Jesus, you didn't even give me a chance. I was going to say it. There it is. I blame Joe. Everybody, welcome to Romero Pictures Indie Brigade. I'm your host, George C. Romero. And with me, as always, is the ever faithful and loving Joe Ranchley. <laughs> uh, that was for you, Lance. Wow. Yeah. Well played. Joe Ranchley. Where's all your names tonight, buddy? Uh, well, I... I took them down i thought that it would be too much and then people would start like confusing me with other well-known people oh like the other joe ranchley <laughs> exactly so for those of you that don't know george is a little under the weather tonight so we're gonna be uh busting his chops constantly about that joe is also a little under the weather tonight so uh every time he busts my chops it's just gonna make me angrier at him than usual all right. Oh, I used your line too. You <laughs> go. So, so, what do we got going on tonight? We got something actually a little different tonight that we don't normally do, and it's kind of cool because we have cast and crew from what the hell is it again? Oh yeah, Hundred Acres of Hell. And normally we have one person on at a time. Tonight we're going to try something a little different. We're, we're pushing the envelope. We're we're trying to break our technology. Yes, and, yeah. and then that way it won't be my fault. It's still your fault. All right. Yeah, so anyway, uh, things are good. You know, I mean, this sickness is going around. Everybody I know has got a flu, got a cold, got something going on like that. But it doesn't matter because at the Indy Brigade, we've got some amazing stuff going on. Let's not forget everything we talked about last time we got together here for the premiere of Season 2 with the new announcement about the new website at RomeroPictures.com that has all of the stuff that you can find from our audio streams. Uh, and Joe will tell you where you can find all of those, uh, like iHeartRadio and Spotify and a whole list of them that I can't remember because I'm so hopped up on cold medicine, it's not even funny. Oh, you wanted me to have those prepared? <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me laugh or I'm going to go into a coughing fit. <laughs> Um, oh, that's why uh, Chuck says, uh, yeah, Joe Ruffles has ridges. All right, fair uh, enough. <laughs> so that's interesting. Hi, Chuck, what's up? I'm happy you're here. Uh, I actually would like to tell everybody that uh, Chuck, uh, actually one of the guests on our very first episode and uh, has been a, a guest a couple of times, has joined the Indie Brigade with his very own Nasty Nation podcast. Uh, you will be able to find that on the Facebook, on Chuck's Facebook page. Also on Facebook under Nasty Nation, and you will very soon be able to find it through all of our Romero Pictures links. Uh, we are getting ready to launch a whole new look and feel for everything, so that's kind of something else very cool going on. We've got new artwork, new logos, new everything to make everything a little bit more cohesive and make everything a little bit easier for people to find based on colors. And I know, Joe, that's important to you because sometimes those words are a little hard for you. I get it. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> There's a coughing fit, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Special shout out, if I may, to Ange. Happy birthday, Ange, and thank you for supporting the show. As always, we love Ange. Thank you. What's up, Ange? Thank you. We got Dino. 
Dino! I can't read your emojis. I don't know what they all mean other than the hearts. I think it means love, death. It's going to punch you in the face. Yeah, I got punched in the face and then more love. Hey, we, we, we got Chuck speaking out to you. Chuck, you are the man, dude. I think people are going to be excited about the Nasty Nation. Uh, I think that you've got a great thing going, and I'm glad that you brought back the Nasty Nation, and I'm glad you bring it to the Indie Brigade, man. Proud to have you. Proud to see how far you take it. Can't wait to watch and, and, and grow with you, man. I agree. I think we're going to bring our first guest on. Perfect. And I think I'm going to let you introduce him. Sounds great. First, we've got Jason Carter from 100 Acres of Hell. Writer, producer, Jason, how's it going? Did I say your last name right? You know what? You're one of the few that actually got it right. Everybody says Koner. Actually, it's just, you know what? Oh, it's silent. It's That's Conner. what I thought, yeah. Right. I'm from it. Pittsburgh, man. And you got, you got uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah, go. yeah, I got it. I got it. I got it. No, so, right. you. How are you guys? Good. Excellent. How are you doing, man? Doing good, man. I'm doing very well. Very happy to be on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. In the future, you don't have to ask Joe how he's doing. Fuck him. Fuck you, Joe. Yeah, there you go. I love how people get that so quickly. I tag him on everything. So both you guys, I love you both. (laughs) (laughs) I'm bad for a second. Sorry, Joe. No, don't, please. I'm used to the abuse. It's okay. I'm going to go cry in my soup. By soup, I mean Jim Beam, but whatever. Hey, you know. It's all. It is. Uh, Wait a second. If I may interrupt. Uh, apparently, his last name is Hump. Uh, Ernie, what's oh, up, man? <laughs> oh, I love you. His real last name is Hump. Yeah. Ernie was on our show. Ernie was on our show. Uh, uh, I'm I'm so happy that you're here, man. <laughs> and we got Ed. Ed, Ed. Big Ed. What's up, brother? Team 100. Hashtag Team 100 Acres of Hell. Tell us about your hashtag real quick before we get into things. What's up with that? Is that just how's that working out? Do your do your ta- do your hashtags work out for you, man? They're working out. I mean, people climb on board. They hashtag it. They share it. So yeah, it works. I was never. I just got into hashtagging the past. I don't know year. Before that, I I didn't even know what it was really. I really. You know what? I'm I'm an idiot when it comes to you know. Uh, Twitter, horrible. I have an account for like three years. I think I have followers. And, you know, I don't, I just don't. You know, yeah. now I'm, I'm trying to pick it up more. So, but as for the hashtags, it's it's slowly working its way into me where I'm getting used to it more. I'm not very good at that stuff either. Joe gets on to me about it, but fuck him. man the abuse i'm taking tonight so on that note i'm gonna dip out and i am gonna let you guys talk and then uh in a couple of moments i'm gonna bring up jeff so awesome jason it's just us now you don't have to hide your feelings about joe anymore oh good thank god he's gone fuck him i know he's such an asshole i know Oh man, no, seriously, I got to tell you, what you've done here is something amazing, and you know, I know that most of the shows you go on, you you talk about it and you promote it, and I I obviously want to do that here tonight, but um, I also want to get into a little bit of more uh, hard talks about some of the stuff that th- this film took nine years, right? Yeah, it took nine years. Yeah, I want to get into talking about some of that shit. 
you know, but first of all, why don't you, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us all who's going to be on here tonight with you. Tell us about, uh, you go ahead and plug everything and anything you want to plug about this film, man. <laughs> hey, hey, Brian Stalter. Yeah. No, Brian, I'm not single. Wow. Um, <laughs> well, first, you know, uh, I got, you know, the beautiful co-stars, because hell, I got that. Catherine Corcoran, you know, she's over, actually, she's staying up. She's going to be on the show. She's over in London. She's doing some work over there. Uh, Katie Walsh, um, she's out in Pennsylvania. And Jeff Swanton, who is also one of the investors and one of the uh, producers, you know, one of the executive producers in the film as well. He played Trent, which is one of the main bros, you know, in the film. Um, this movie really, uh, when I say nine years, it was a very, very long, drawn-out nine years. Came up with it. I remember I was I was getting back from my honeymoon. I cut it short because we had to film a movie, this other movie that we were doing, and we're in Atlantic City, and I was uh, we we're in the in the back deck just on the last day of filming, and I was telling Joe Ruda, who worked on the film uh, with us, he played Cutter in the film as as well. And uh, which was a great help in the film. And we were discussing like where I want to be in five years, you know, and I, I told him I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do something on a bigger scale and uh, going over different ideas with movies. And then about a year later, I met, you know, Gene Snitsky. And Gene and I hit it off like, you know, like like brothers. He's a great guy. I love him. So Gene tells me one day, I want to take you up to this place. It, uh, it's a, it's a gaming preserve, you know, it's, it's huge. It's all it's incredible, uh, gated and just, you know, check it out for him. You know, it might be a good idea for a movie. So he goes, takes me there. And the first thing I'm thinking about was because the gaming preserve, they have this, uh, building where the people who hunt the elks or the wild game that's within this parameter on this property, they'll butcher them. So yeah. I came up with this uh, slaughterhouse film that was rolling through my head. And I was Gene, like the main, you know, killer, this crazy mutant slaughterhouse killer. And then this whole, everything just changed. It went from slaughterhouse to the you know, mutant killer to, you know, these, you know, the, the guys in the woods and something that, I really wanted to do was pay an homage to, you know, the seventies and eighties slasher fit, you know, flicks. And one of the big things was all in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, we have the icons. We have Jason, Freddie, Mike Myers, you know, um, uh, Jason, Freddie, Michael Myers. And who's the other one? I can't think of it right now. There's, there's, there's another one, but we have you got these icons and, like everybody, like everybody else, like in pro wrestling, you you hand the torch over, like Andre the Giant to Hulk Hogan, and we haven't had any like real new, you know, main killers. Right. I kind of, you know, in my head had this idea of a killer that is could be like the next icon, you know. And st I remember I went home and I started writing down all these ideas in my head and. Pages and pages and pages after a whole weekend. I called up Gene, told him this idea. He said, Oh, it's great. You know, and from there, I told my business partner and very good friend, Ed McKeever, 
who's also you know he's you know pr you know producer on this film and uh help you know help put together the uh script and from there we had an idea of where we wanted this film to go and then it was just building the characters you know and ernie o'donnell who i knew of from school um and somehow he was he was related to my wife one way or another you know um uh, everybody knows ernie from the kevin smith films clerks and all that uh brought him on board uh you know to play you know one of the main characters you know morgan and he sat in on a meeting and he there he is stupid look on his face i'm yeah. looking at the sun ma stupid so anyway <laughs> He brought him in and he came up with some ideas. It's like, you know what? He has so much, so much to offer. So he brought him in as a producer, you know, and then, uh, you know, his ideas, it just, you know, he's, we're, we're great. I can't take it away from the guy. You know, he's, he's a very smart, brilliant guy. Uh, very creative. Bottom line is, you know, we've had our ups and downs. We talked to investors. They want to come in and then they would pull out. And it was just like, uh, Hi, Janet. Hi. Uh, they want to pull out and, and then they pull out when unexpected, just when you think you're going to get this money and you're on the cusp of literally getting it, they pull out. So we had that going back and forth like a tennis match. Investors coming and going, coming, going, coming and going. And then um, we had Alan Schlechter, which is one of our investors uh, who, who really, you know, Helped us, you know, with the with the seed money, we get this really, you know, the whole thing going, and we we're able to put together our, you know, our our total cast and our our crew. And like I said, I work with other people with these people and other films, and just brought them on, and they're great. And I love working with people that I can depend on, you know. Right. So uh, after after all that, one of the biggest hits, and I, and, and, and it was horrible. We went to film the trailer, and the day of, we had everybody back. We had everybody at Gene's house, and we're about to leave to film the trailer. And I remember I pulled up, and I remember Gene saying, I got bad news. I said, okay, what? He said, the guy who owns the preserve backed out. We can't use, we can't use his property. Mm -hmm. The day of. Yeah. The day, I mean, hours. Crazy, right. So, we, I mean, we, uh, you can't even imagine. We spent a lot of money, got a lot of people here, you know, uh, people's time and, and, and everything set up. And now we can't, we don't have property. Gene was able to scramble and find us a property. And, you know, we started shooting. Um, that well, day or how long did that set you back? Actually, it's funny because Gene had, we, Gene wind up securing a place for us, I think within two or three hours. Yeah. We got lucky. We got real lucky. You know, we wind up, um, you know, filming the trailer and then uh, using that trailer to secure more funding. And we got William Stoneburner. He's out in Texas, one of the investors and he uh, secured funding. And then we did a uh, uh, Indiegogo campaign, you know, because once we filmed, you know, everybody goes over budget, right? X amount of dollars to make the film. We went over budget to finish the film, you know, everything and, you know, post it just, everything just adds up and adds up. 
um, one of the hardest things, and it really did take a very long time, was getting the SAG right because it's a SAG film, and they do not mess around. They you gotta really dot your eyes, cross your keys. They do not mess around, and literally that was a tennis match. I would think I would do something. I remember Stacy Toy, she uh, was taking care of it. I should have. Oh, I should have pulled that. <laughs> yeah, Stacy Toy um, was a production manager. She was at. She wore many hats, just like Ed McKeever wore many hats on 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 set. Um, they all worked their asses off. And um, where was I going with this? Oh, brain fart. You're talking about SAG. Oh, SAG. So she was doing that. Then there were other projects. And so for her not to get overwhelmed, I wind up taking over and finishing up with the SAG. And it's, I feel like, you know, when you take a test, your teacher really loves you and they'll pass you by the skin of your teeth, even though they, you failed. Yeah. I think that's what the guy at SAG did. He felt so bad for me that he just said, you know what? It's fine. And whatever screw up we did, he probably corrected it because he knows it like the back of his hand. So I, I, I thank SAG. They were absolutely incredible. Um, so once that was done, it was a matter of finding distribution. Once everything was done and editing, you know, and we had a great editor, Marky Denenbaum. He was excellent. And, and Tony Wise, he uh, helped finishing up with the edit as well. Uh, an excellent job. Um, I love uh, actually the beginning uh, credits of the film, you know, Marky did. And it was just like I was blown away when I saw it. You know, and our and then when we put the music, our music composer Michael J. Romeo, when he put the music together, and Ernie and I would listen to the music and critique it, and he would tweak it, and he made the music for us for this film. You know, so sure. it's it, it's unique for the you know to the film, and it's you know it's ours. So love it, and it's music that we're going to be using in the sequels. You know, so once we got everything together, it was a matter of finding distribution and. Ernie and I really, you know, took up, uh, you know, talking to distributors and we've talked to everybody and we were getting deals left and right, but the deals weren't for us. You know, they wanted pretty much to own the entire film, take it away and we'll get this little portion. And then another distribution company sounded more reasonable. And I'm like, wow, this, this distribution company wants 50% and we'll get 50%. Um, okay. That's, you know, it's our, it's a first major, you know, bigger film. That's not so bad. And then somebody else comes at 34%. They'll take 34%. I'm like, oh, that's great. So, you know, and then somebody was at 25%. I'm like, wow. So they were just going down and down and talking to other people. And then we had people that were shocked that we turned them down. They were rude. And oh, yeah. I, I can't say any names. I'm not going to say any names or, or any um, distribution companies. But yeah, some were pretty rude. Yeah, yeah. And then we um, locked in with Indican Pictures, who works with Lionsgate. So we wind up who works with Lionsgate, where they deal with stars and, and Lionsgate owns stars. You know. Mm -hmm. So the beauty about that is, it's like when we had to go through everything with them. You know, uh, what was a little rough when you're dealing with studio. I think it's to be studio quality. So even they redid the trailer. You know, and they redid their own poster because it had to be approved through Lionsgate before they put their stamp on anything. They got to make sure that it's what they want. Right. So that process 
took about, oh God, from time we signed the contract, distribution contract, to the time it came out in October, about almost two years. Yeah. Because the deliverables, George, the deliverables had to be like right to the letter. Yeah. And uh, that was, it was like working with SAG all over again. You know, it was like, uh, it was one of the hardest things dealing with all this because every time it got shot back, Ernie and I are scrambling trying to figure out, okay, how are we going to do this? We have to change this. We have to do this. Um, we have to tweak this. We got to have so many stills of this, you know, and he's pulling his friend cards, you know, people that he knows, and I'm trying to do the same. And we're trying to get this whole picture together and get it right just so we can get a release date and they could put their stamp on and say, okay, guys, you guys from 100 Acres did your job. You got us everything we needed and uh, it's perfect. Your release date is this date. And every time we sent something, I was like, please don't send it back and say, we need you to change this or that. And when that day came where they said, okay, you guys are good yeah. to go. It was like yeah. you know, a breath of fresh air. Yeah, those deliverables can be a killer, especially for the indie guys, man. Oh my God, that's the thing. It's like you know, I there's people I work with, you know, like I said, I've worked with them in other films, and we're all like an indie group, you know. And a lot of us are Jersey, South Jersey, and people in Atlantic City, Pennsylvania, you know, East Coast people, you know. Um, we had this, uh, you know, people that I I actually met at other. Um, like horror cons, I met at the horror cons that I became had a relationship with, like Lee Hoffman, our husband Ralph Colbert, who made the costume for Jed Tucker. You know, so I hired them because they do steampunk. Yeah, um, and so they already had that great, you know, the imagination. So they went within. They built this great costume for for Jed Tucker, and um, you know there was. A lot of characters in this film that was uh, that really you know really stood out. One of the characters I've known I, I've known since I was a little boy, and uh, his name was Robert Waldron. He was uh, an, he played Old Merle in the film in the General Store, and um, he just he just passed away about a month and a half ago, and I'm so happy that. I was able that we were able to get everything done and get it distributed and get it out there for the world to see and him to see that. Yeah. It means, it means the world because he was, he was absolutely incredible, multi-talented man. And I love him and may he rest in peace. And he was just amazing, you know? So we had these, you know, these great characters like, like Katie, Katie Walsh, you know, she was absolutely incredible. And you're going to see, you know, Jeff pop up in a minute and uh, Catherine Corcoran, you know, and Ernie and Gene and Jesus, I, Gene did was the main, main character in it. And it was like a battle Royale of two Rams coming at, at the end when they were, when they were fighting with Samu and, and the whole Anawahi, you know, family. You know what I love is like, it's it, your, your passion and love for this project and the people involved with it is, is literally infectious. I can, you know, it's, 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 it's just, it oozes from you. And that's so great because, you know, you see, you, you talk to a lot of people who do this for a living and, um, 
and who get projects out there. And there's a tendency uh, for for people like Joe to always mute his microphone. But beyond that, um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, no, there's a tendency for people to take, you know, to kind of take it for granted a little bit. It's not not sit back and realize what they had to go through to get through. And, you know, what I love about everything you're saying is, you know, it's just the, the, the sort of the gratitude, I guess, you know, and the 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 humbleness about you and, and everybody else I've talked to so far um, that we had on pre-show. Everybody's so fucking cool, man. And, you know, it, I, I just love that. And, you know, I don't want to ignore the fact that Paul Brooks posted up a question about... Um, funding and I want to get to that stuff but we've got some other guests to bring up as well with you uh, and just to recap we're, you, you know everybody out there uh, just in case you're listening to the audio stream you're listening to Romero Pictures Indie Brigade with your host George C. Romero and Joe Ranchley uh, and our guests tonight are from 100 Acres of Hell uh, right now we're chatting with Jason Turner and we're about to bring up Jeff Swanton and some other folks from the crew and, uh, and Libby McDermott's there uh, saying hello to everybody in the comments here Hi, and, um, you know, this has been a nine-year project for you, man. This has been nine years of your life to get this done. That's huge. That's right, Lance, the Duke. There you go. This is Ernie O'Donnell's favorite actor in the world. Here's for you, Ernie, you hump. <laughs> well, the one question I had was um, you, you mentioned the posters, Jason, and I was curious about that because I had those pulled up. So is this the original one or is that... that... Is, uh, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to tell you something about the posters. Alright, that is the original one. Uh, uh, Lenny Machowski, he made the poster for us. Excellent, you know, excellent artist. That was the original one and then it changed where we actually had Jeb Tucker. That's, yeah, that one. Then we have Jeb Tucker in the poster. Okay, the only other one I saw was this one. That's that's the one that Lionsgate wanted to do. Okay. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 not my it's not my first, not my first pick, you know. But it's it's what uh. Yeah, I don't think it kind of gives to the story exactly what it's supposed to be about. I don't know. I kind of like the. Okay. Let me be the one to say this about that, if you don't mind. <laughs> That way you don't have to say anything you don't want to say, but I can speak from a little bit of personal experience. I get it, man. You didn't want the, the poster designed by the fucking marketing department and lawyers. I get it. Uh, I once did a film. We had a phenomenal artist do all of the artwork, literally hand illustration, all that stuff. Then the fucking sales company comes in, and they release it with artwork that had, like, clip art and shit from the fucking internet that they pulled. And, uh, you know, and I, I was furious. You know, um, but, it, you know, what these guys are doing with your film is, is seems great. I know Sean over at Independent, she's great, um, you know, and, and I think that you've got something phenomenal here. But I get it, you know, you wanted what you wanted, and, you know, that's a reality that a lot of us indie guys have to face when we go out there in the yeah. distribution, you know. And, and at the end of the day, no matter how hard you fucking fight, their lawyers, their marketing departments, their money, is going to make the make the determination, you know, and I mean, Correct. you know, so we then are faced with making this choice of, you know, what's the, the lesser of all the evils and what's best for our film and what's best for for us as an artist. And uh, I think it seems to me like you guys made all the right decisions, man. So it seems like you've got something really great going on here. All right. Uh, I really I really appreciate it. And, you know, I, I want to say really quick is 
it was uh, one of my one of my favorite movies in the, in the world was The Exorcist. And I, it was one of the movies I saw when I was like eight years old. And it, it was the only, I was afraid of everything. I watched that. After that, I, I was afraid of nothing because I didn't think anything could scare me. Yeah, you are, you beautiful thing. Right. I love, <laughs> I love Eileen. She is absolutely a pleasure to work with. And I got to tell you something. She brings her own footwear to whatever she does because her feet are so small. They're like baby feet. They're, they're like four inch. Like she has special shoes. She has the smallest fucking feet ever, <laughs> ever. And she's so small, and she wears them in little platforms. She's adorable. Absolutely, it was, it was an honor to be in her presence. You know, she's, she's done so much, and um, absolutely love her. She just text email uh, message me today about um, New Jersey Horror Con. So we're going to be there in March. Nice. But, you know, there was. Uh, I just want to say before I, for, I forget later, you know, there was, I just want to thank everybody in the cast and crew that really helped make this what it is. Without without you guys, you know, there wouldn't be 100 acres of hell. You know, we, we, we you guys hung in there nine fucking years and I, I tip my hat to you all. I thank you. It was just one of those things where, you know, you believed in it. And you believed in me, you believed in Jeannie, you believed in Ed, believed in Ernie, believed in all of us, and you stuck it out. And now it's out there. Everybody's been asking when's it coming out. It is out. It's on all the platforms right now. It's doing well. And um, I just want to thank everybody, you know, from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. You made a dream come true. That's awesome, man. You're a fucking cool dude. Uh, I mean that sincerely, you know. And you know, you brought up. I take notes uh, when I have people on the show, and uh, I've been jotting down some stuff that I want to kind of circle back about. But our next guest that we're going to bring up is Jeff Swanton, who uh, you said not only he plays Trent, but he's also an investor in the film. Sure. And that goes back to something you said about investors, uh, and uh, and so many of them coming on and then leaving and backing out, and coming in, getting out, coming in, getting out, and that's something that that you know i, I wish you, i could say it's an old story or, or it's a brand new story but it's 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 an old story you know what i mean like yeah it happens more times than it doesn't happen and jeff thank you it's nice to meet you and get to talk to you much pre-show but thank you for joining us and thanks for being here tonight and welcome to the brigade my pleasure george thanks for having me really absolutely appreciate absolutely so i guess my 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 first question uh to you uh as an investor is this your first time investing in a film if not uh, well, I guess let's start with that. Is this your first time investing in a film? Uh, it is, absolutely. Yeah, it was my first time. Um, I didn't actually, it's kind of funny, I didn't become an investor until I was already on board and acting in the film. And I got more involved with Jason and the attorney who I've known for a long time. And we started talking about you know, the financials of it and, and where the film was going to go. And, um, you know, I, I was so between Jason and Ernie and everybody that was involved, I was truly amazed at how passionate everybody was for this film. There, you know, we, we had no budget to work with, but everybody that was involved, you could see was so totally invested. Not only the actors, everybody behind, behind the stage, uh, but the crew, the cast crew, everybody that worked on it believed in it so much that it became infectious. 
and I got into it and it said, you know what? This is a freaking great project. If this doesn't get done, it's a, it's a shame. So I went, you know, behind my mattress and, and couch cushions and stuff and I yeah. to grab whatever the hell I can and I want to throw down at this and make sure. this freaking thing happen. And so that's really that's really how it came about. I went to Ernie and I said, "Well, I want to do my part and make sure this thing gets out there because it, it, it would be a crying shame uh, to see so much hard work not come to fruition." So that that's how the, the the producer part of it for me came about. That's really cool, you know. I mean, and and it's it's interesting because you like you said you were already deeply invested in the project creatively. You were yep. already on board. You were already in the film. Uh, you know, and I, I, I'm wondering, you know, why more investors aren't like you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, well, I think, you know, some guys are just into it for dollars and cents, and I get it. But, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I I was part of it creatively, so maybe that takes it down a different avenue. I, I don't know. Maybe it gets in your blood differently than it does for just, you know, guys that are just crunching numbers. You know? Well, I mean, there had to be some number crunching to it in your mind though, right? I mean, obviously I'm not trying to get into any detailed yep. deal or any of that stuff, but yep. you know, there are two, there are two different sides, right? I've talked to more investors than I can even count in my life. And, yep. you know, I'm telling you, like, there's gotta be at the end of the day, there, there has to be some business to it. Right. Otherwise, what's the point? You know, it's, well, hundred percent. I mean, I'm looking at it, I'm involved in it and yes, creatively it was great. I, I mean, I was having an awesome time, but you know, there is that business side of me too. That's, you know, if I thought it was going nowhere and it had no chance to succeed, obviously I wouldn't have, you know, thrown my hat in the ring to it. So I did believe in it and I, I believed in you know, it could turn around and, and be profitable. So I, I wanted to see it. So this is the investor side of things. Obviously, the creative side of things. You're an actor. You enjoy that part. That's something that's that's going to be part of your life for the rest of your life. Is the investor thing something that you enjoyed from a business point of view? Is that the type of thing that you see yourself doing in the future? Uh, because a lot of investors that I talk to, you know, you get the old story. Oh, I invested in a movie once and then blah, blah, blah. And this happened and that happened. I'll never do it again. You know, um, but I, then you get the other investors who are like, this is the best thing I ever put my money into because I feel fulfilled and I feel like I can continue to do this and feel great about myself, um, you know, moving forward. Is this, is, are you, is that the, where you sit with this whole thing? What do you like doing better acting, investing? What's, what's your, uh, you know, I can see myself doing both. I mean, I consider myself an actor first. Right. But if the right opportunity came along, I mean, I've talked to, to this about uh, some, with some people about some other projects, too. And, and I've mentioned that, hey, if, if it was the right project, uh, maybe I would come on board um, in, a, in a, some sort of executive producer aspect, too. So I truly look at it from both sides as, you know, I think as we get older and kind of evolve, um, you know, even from actors, they kind of get onto the director's side. And a lot of them kind of morph into the the executive producer side because I think they believe in their project so much and they get the capital behind them and they want to they want to put it out there and they want to make sure that the public's able to see that. So I, 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 I think for me, it's it's hand in hand. It's both. Yeah. I, I want to be out there. I want to be behind the camera. I love acting at the same time if I'm passionate about a project. Whether I'm in it or not, you know, I'd like to be in the producer part of the role. I can see that role too. Hang on one second. Joe's holding up his pen, which means I have to throw out a quick "fuck you, Joe." Hmm. 
and uh, and ask what's so important that you want to interrupt, buddy. Uh, well, first of all, you you need to start plugging the audio only thing still. Um, but other than that, that all brought up a valid point. And, and Jeff and Jason are both executive producers. And what I found out fascinating about this film, the budget on the film doesn't equal to what the film was. It was like, holy crap, you guys did that for what? Now, I'm not trying to get into specifics what you guys spent, but it was just like, wow. Well, let me let me just ask this real quick. Is, is what's represented on the internet, that's probably not accurate, correct? Um, what was the number on the internet? 65 Gs. That's exactly what it was. No way. <laughs> that's fucking impressive. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know what? Impressive. Hold on, let me get my pen up. <laughs> there you go. Uh, you yeah. know what? And I'm going to tell you, it was, <laughs> we were trying to figure out how we could do this, you know, for a low budget, um, but then you had to figure out, we wanted it to be SAG, so it couldn't be like a $20,000 film. It had to be a little bit more. Um, and then what we wanted to do, and then that tagged on money, and then we were able to get money from, you know, investors like like Jeff and uh, Alan, and um, you know, I put money into it. Uh, Ed McKeever was one of the investors. He's he's put uh, a ton of money into it. And uh, what's his name? Oh gosh, Alan Stoneburner. Just a lot of people just really helped out and to make this to make this movie happen. Now, when you watch it. Uh, because of the people that believed in the film and worked in the film, the crew and all, and we were able to get the quality of, uh, you know, the equipment and the best equipment to use and all. Hey, Morgan. Um, we shot a film that everybody said, well, how much did you, I didn't tell anybody right away, you know, and they said, well, how much was it? Uh, you know, two million, three million, because of the quality, how it was filmed, you know, and how it was shot and how it looks, you know, it looks like a bigger budget, larger budget film, you know, and people look at the trailer and they say the same thing, you know. So the few people I have told now, everybody knows, um, they were like, "Come on," and I'm like, "No, I'm dead serious." I said, six, you know, sixty, just about sixty-five thousand dollars." So. So, okay, so this raises a lot of questions because a lot of people who watch the Indie Brigade, um, we're dealing with uh, small budgets. So now you, this is SAG. Um, mm -hmm. First of all, SAG is is actually a lot nicer than most people give them credit for being. It's kind of like SAG, everybody gets nervous when they have to deal with SAG. It's kind of like the IRS. But yeah. then, then you deal with SAG, and most people come away from dealing with SAG and say, you know what, that was actually a pretty good experience, and they were really helpful and really great with so at 65 G's, you were probably um, in the what, the ultra low or the ultra low budget, low. ultra micro, yeah, small the budget can be. Type yeah, of, that's that's the platform we were on, and like you said, um, they, they 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 were excellent to work with. Even when they would send stuff back and say you need to do this, they did it in such a pleasant way. Um, you know, we worked well with them, and like I said, I, I felt like. Um, uh, Leif was the the gentleman I dealt with towards the end, and I felt like, uh, like I said earlier, like the student that the teacher loved, but he, 
he would fail if there was another teacher, but the teacher just passed me because she liked me. And yeah. I thought that's what Leif did. He's like, you know what? He's, this guy's a sweetheart. His his film, everybody we worked with is a sweetheart. I'm just going to help him through. And I, that's how I, how I felt. But I guess, you know, they have a job to do, and we did it right, finally. Well, and, you know, I don't know if you saw any of the last couple of episodes that we, we did, but a good buddy of mine is a guy named Mike Mandeville, who uh, was the line producer for the Taken series of films. Uh, and he's probably the best, he's probably the best line producer I've ever met. He's the guy who mentored me on how to think about screenwriting with a calculator is what he calls it. And um, when it comes to a number like sixty five thousand dollars, and I look at the cast and the resources, and I see the quality of the film that you turned out, um, it makes me want to ask you guys questions like, um, where did the big, where did the lion's share of that budget get allocated? Uh, you know, what kind of gear did you shoot on? Did you call in favors for that? Or did you dedicate most of your budget to gear? Um, you know, obviously, how do you think about how did you guys as the filmmakers and the producers and the, and the executive producers, how did you think about how to allocate such a small budget to crank out something that looks literally like you spent $2 million on the film? Well, a spread. Well, we had to break do a spreadsheet, George. You know, we had to do a budget analysis. We did a spreadsheet, everything from craft services. Who Jen Smith took care of all our all our food and craft services. So we had a budget for food, uh, budget for uh, plane tickets, travel expenses, hotel rooms. We knew what we wanted to spend. Uh, Stacy Toy again. She wore many hats. You know, uh, working on this film, and she was very helpful of finding places uh, for the the crew and cast to stay in hotels uh, for shooting uh, SAG actors, you know, they get, they get paid. So that has to go into a, a different account, you know, a different pay account that uh, the pay account winds up paying them, you know, that's something that has to get done that SAG, you know, requires, but they're guaranteed a certain amount. Yeah. They're guaranteed a certain amount. And, you know, uh, to be perfectly honest with you, prime example, Ernie O'Donnell should have gotten a lot more, but he is, Agreed. He's, 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 he's a great friend. You know, I, I love him. I take a bullet for him in a second. And, um, he was, uh, he, let me tell you something about Ernie. He wouldn't take more than what that SAG would say, if you get $125 a day, that's all he would take. When Ernie was done filming, Ernie was the first guy to start taking down a set or the first guy to start putting up, you know, putting up, a, putting up a set. He would act and work behind the scenes. It was, yeah. it was crazy. You know, it just, and same thing with, you know, like Ed McKeever, uh, another one that wore so many hats. Jesus, he was all over the place. You would have thought that he had, you know, quadruple, you know, triplets of them because he was everywhere. You know, we had microphones, thank, you know, uh, walkie-talkies because we're on a mountain filming and we had to know where, you know, certain people are, you know, but Ernie was one of those actors that he, he took his daily rate, never asked for a penny more, you know, and it seems like that was the rolling trend, you know, um, everybody, uh, I work for SAG, they had very, you know, low and fair rates and they loved the project. And they said, you know, I really want to do this, you know, and I knew that some of them could get like a lot more money, hundreds, hundreds of dollars more, 
you know, a day. And they were great, you know. So, you know, we pay for We have a certain amount of, you know, money allocated for, for paying, you know, them and then taking care of the food and taking care of, you know, uh, staff and then the rental of equipment. You know, that was that was a nice chunk of, of money it was the, you know, equipment rental. Um, we got a lot of stuff for free. A lot of freebies. You know, Gene made some phone calls with the helicopter. We had a helicopter in the film and aerial shots. Freebie. Yeah, you know, that, yeah, that is that huge. It's not bad when you get a film with a helicopter. Right? Yeah, exactly, on, Jeff. I, got, I know a guy. Oh, you know, it's funny because Gene knows this guy. His name's, his name's Aaron Mueller. He's a fantastic guy. I met him a couple of times with Gene. He lives in Pennsylvania. Alan's a, he's an entrepreneur, another man that is just has done very well for himself, you know, and he uh, he owns that that airport where you see the helicopter land. That's his place. He owns that owns a helicopter, owns like a small diamond district. Uh, you know, he owns a lot of property throughout Pennsylvania. Very well to do guy. So he was like, yeah, you can take my helicopter. Yeah, you could do this. You could do that. Wouldn't take a dime. Wouldn't take a dime. Um, so a lot of things that we've gotten, uh, like the sets, people just said, yeah, I want to be a part of it. So we got a lot of freebies, guys. And if I remember correctly, we we did, God, I think I did a breakdown of how much everything would have cost if I had to pay for the helicopter, the gas, we had drones, drones flying, which, you know, already directed those scenes, you know, these drones, you know, flying up ahead for the aerial shots, everything would have probably cost with property rentals and permits. And we did get permits in in, in Atlantic City. We had to, you know, do some, they're, they're by the book, you know. So we had to deal with some permits there, but for the most part, and hiring police to block off roads, sure. you know, that was a nice chunk of change. But we we would have had probably about two hundred and two hundred two hundred fifty thousand dollars just for for in freebies, you know, or more. It's funny though how when when the true uh, sort of indie spirit comes through, it is truly infectious. It really is. You you go, you, you roll in somewhere with a crew of people who are there for the love of what they're doing. And uh, it's something about it. It's uh, people jump on board. They help out. It's really cool. Oh, uh, they do. I you mean, know? like I said, everybody did. Everybody was great. Gosh. Oh, my God. Dawn Flynn, Makeup by Flinderella. She did our special effects. You know, she worked on special effects with Ricky Vitus and um, Zach Graham. Dawn, we love you. We love you. We love you. We love you. She was absolutely amazing, you know, and she's a great, great makeup artist and uh, and her, her, God, her special effects and, and what she does is just off the chain. The best. And actually, you bring up an excellent point. Projects are so much better when it's done for the love of the art and not for the fame and the money. Absolutely. Joe and I were just talking about that last night, actually. We were. Yeah. About a film that we will not name. Ooh. Yeah. Go ahead. You can name it. It's us four. We won't say anything. Uh, <laughs> well played. 
<laughs> so we've got a couple of other folks from your cast and crew that we want to bring up, right? We, we do. And you guys are going to have to change your hats now because you were both actors on this also, correct? I did a cameo. Oh, them. Well, no. Well, I mean, you were like, I don't know, some biker guy biker that was in the... Was the... I was the guy looking stupid. That was going to sing YMCA? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> hey, if everybody was getting digs on me, come on. Uh, <laughs> Jason was just dying to wear the caps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That is awesome. Uh, I, I am going to bring up the two lovely ladies that have been waiting patiently, shooting daggers at me going, are we coming on soon? Well, we've been rambling. We, we have. We have. And we, we do apologize, Catherine and Katie. I'm actually going to let Jason introduce each one of these ladies. I'm going to bring them up one at a time. I'm going to bring up Catherine first. Catherine Corcoran. The beautiful Catherine Corcoran, one of the co-stars in my film, 100 Acres of Hell. Hello, beautiful. She's in London right Hi. now. It's like 3 in the morning there. And hey, she, looks, she looks like she just, she's ready for the day. I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> you guys can't see it, but I have my pajama bottoms on right now. She's like straight uh, slumber party style. <laughs> Catherine, welcome to the brigade. Thanks for joining. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And well, on that note, I'm, I'm going to bring Katie on also. And Katie, we're going to have some other stuff to talk about because Katie. we have Lauren on next week. So, oh, okay, good. All right. <laughs> but I'll let Jason introduce Katie. Hi, Katie. How you doing, sweetheart? I'm lovely. How are all you people? Good. I'm so happy Katie's here. Yeah. Katie, oh my God. She was one of uh, you know what everybody loves your everybody loves your scene especially when you guys are at the fire and you're talking about jeb tucker you know and you have cutter right next to you saying there ain't no jeb tucker the hell you know you say there ain't no jeb, jeb tucker he's like the hell there ain't you know mm -hmm. everybody says that you're genuine you know and did a great job and i'm so happy you're on you're with us right now like you said earlier because we talked before the show was you know this is the first time I, that we're actually all together, you know, since we stopped filming. Wow, there's a lot of fans. Right? <laughs> all yeah, I think of we were together Kat for one showing. Catherine. What's that? I think we may have all been together that. for one showing, but um, that was years ago. Yeah, so it's so nice Catherine, to have everyone no. in the same place again. I think this yeah. is. I think this is like the first. There's Catherine, Jeff, you, and myself. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm happy to see this. Why? And it's, you know what? I'm taking another. I'm taking a picture right now, which I'm going to post. <laughs> You're the selfie king. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Sweet. Got you. Well, guys. this is pretty great. It's pretty great to have everybody here, and it's pretty great to have everybody on at once. And Joe, I'm so happy that I muted my mic when I said I was taking a picture of Jason taking the picture. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm okay. fuck it up. <laughs> well, thank you, George. I love you, Joe. I love you, George. <laughs> Katie, Catherine, welcome. Thank you so much for coming. Catherine, I know it's late as hell there. Katie, thank you for being patient with us. I know that you guys have been around waiting for us to just ramble and shoot the shit. So. But now everybody has their actor hat on for the movie. <laughs> wow, you guys are actually just... You scold me on putting on those hats. We're all actually we're taking classes in miming, all of us. So that's why we're all practicing. Yeah, it. excellent. It's not our first rodeo. 
<laughs> so what was this experience like from the acting side of things? This has been a project that took a long time to get done. This has been a project that does not look like uh, it was done for the amount of money that it was done for. And it looks like um, it's probably one of the most collaboratively independent uh, sort of groups I've seen. I, I can't remember the last time I've seen a group of people so passionate about doing something together. And this is when I'm going to have to jump in. George, you're actually going to have to address each individual person when you ask a question so they don't all don't. We've never done this before with this many people. How about I, I address one individual person right now, Joe? Um, hold on a second. Joe. There you go. Joe. Hashtag blame Joe. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. I'm probably not going to do that. Okay. Uh, I just kind of want to talk. I want, I basically, this is great. I want you guys to kind of tell everybody what are some experiences. You know, the big thing about the Indie Brigade is that we're trying to, to create a resource here where independent filmmakers, actors, everybody in the indie world and indie community can, can learn from every episode of the Indie Brigade. There's only so much that they can learn from listening to my ass ramble. Um, and that's why we try to have on folks like you guys and, and folks like some of our other guests who are interested in, in kind of spreading the infectious uh, thing that is indie film, because it really is. I mean, it, this stuff can't get done without a truly collaborative spirit. Um, and, you know, I'm, I, I'd like to know from Katie and Katie, uh, because apparently you're both Katie, even though you say Catherine and uh, on screen there. I'd like to know from you guys, you know, what was that like to be a part of as an actor, to be, uh, to be a part of something so collaborative? Either one of you. Would you like to go first? Uh, <laughs> Wait, you're on I, I, I don't know which way to talk to you. I want to know how awesome it was to work with me. I was actually oh, I mean, going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really, I really, really was. I'll throw up a little bit in my mouth there. Uh, Oh, no, I'm sorry. I really, really was. Um, I think when I, this project, um, when I came on it, I was actually doing two other projects at the same time. So they were really awesome about working um, around my schedule. And it became kind of like a breath of fresh air where I felt like I could just kind of relax and like be myself and I was I mean I was thrilled to be able to work with you guys Jason drove all the way to my house in Brooklyn and drove me from there to South Jersey he like brought my dog it was like I think when he like got to my house we like just talked and like pet my dog and he found like a like a tick on her and helped me get it off yeah. it was really, like, <laughs> this, like, weird like family kind of dynamic in like the best possible way and every time I hear from one of these guys I get so um excited just because it really does feel that way and I think that's unique um to indie films especially films at this level where everyone's kind of in it together and you really do bond and you really become close and there's just a love there that um you know you can't take away afterwards especially when you spend a lot of time huddled together around a fire <laughs> and it was cold we had some cold nights in Did pennsylvania filming oh yeah. and 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 what catherine said is true it kind of seemed like um this group of people is very special and uh, i i kind of came in i didn't really know anybody I, I heard about the film through somebody through somebody through somebody and uh we met up at a starbucks to see if i might be a fit for the role um and uh, I, I was so there i was um 
but everybody in this group had such good chemistry on screen and off screen. And I think that's really what made it click so well. Um, as soon as I stepped on set, it just, the flow was just so easy to come into. And it was just, it was a really cool project to work on because it was so easy for us. I mean, the putting together, the acting part was easy, but I think when it comes to what, what Jason was doing and what, and what Jeff was doing with the production and everything else on the side and the financial, well, maybe that wasn't so easy, but, but from our standpoint as the actors, it was it was a very cool flow to be a part of. Well, you know, and it's interesting to hear that, to hear you both say that too, because you know, a lot of times when you deal with uh, indie films um, sort of in, at this budget level, you know, you don't get actors who have a ton of great, nice things to say about the production or the people behind it. It's know? not my phone. Yeah, it's not my phone either. I, I um, blame Jason. Huh? Yeah, blame me. I heard it. Oh, we need a new hashtag. Blame Jason. Hashtag blame Jason. <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm going to work on that one. <laughs> no, but you know, you don't, you don't hear that a lot. And, and, you know, it is true. The chemistry, I mean, even just the chemistry here on, on the screen tonight. Is phenomenal. It's unbelievable. I don't see this kind of shit. I've been doing this my whole fucking life, and I've never seen this kind of like people so happy to see each other again. You know, I mean the uh, camaraderie. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um, but I think that's a testament to what Jason kind of created. I mean, Jeff was well, but I know that this was um, Jason's project from the get go, and I think his passion for it and his passion for the people he works with. And he really does regard everyone that he works with as family. He'll check in about just like your day to day and what's going on that I think that that just translates onto it like mm -hmm. that. And everybody was like that, Jeff, Katie, everybody. And I, I think that, that that just sees that way, just the type of people you work with. And I think that's a little bit of a karmic thing, you know, you attract mm -hmm. people, I think, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> and even the, the chemistry aside, the story is so cool. Like it's yeah. just it's got this like culty type thing that just has a hook and it really brings up this Jeb Tucker character, which is this new idea, finally something original that you don't really see that much right now in film. And it's just you really do get hooked from the start. And I really think that that was part of it, too, was the plot and the story and being involved in it with these people. And what was it going to turn out like? And the film really did turn out pretty damn cool, I think. Yeah, it really did. So you bring up a really good point there. So how much of that were, I mean, were you guys just kind of in it uh, at that level? I mean, were you just all in it like the whole time you were together? I mean, it was just, uh, you know, you, like you knew what you guys knew. You know, sometimes you work on films and you're not sure. Sometimes you work on films and you just know that you're doing something cool and doing something special. Katie, is that what you think kind of happened with this? You think everybody kind of knew? I think so. Yeah. You can feel it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. cool. We were pretty yeah, lucky to have the good people together at that time. Plus, it was so yeah. cold. We were all kind of dying, and that kind of bonds people. Yeah, it's funny you know, how it's your funny. We had do that. A, a huge bond, the huge bonfire that we did. I mean, when they say cut, people would huddle around this mm -hmm. because it was that cold. And we were stoking. I mean, I was throwing logs onto this fire, keeping it like five, six feet tall because it was so damn cold where we were. We were on this this coal mountain in Pennsylvania. In where in PA? Pennsylvania. Where in Pe where? Northwest Pennsylvania. What was it? Um, I think it was New Ringgold, PA. And this uh, gentleman who knows Gene owns um owns a mountain. And on the other side of this, you drive down the street. You drive down his main street, 
and you see this huge piece of property with a little house and then across the street is another huge piece of property it's just a mountain and that's a coal mountain it has mine shafts everything and that's where we filmed the the fight scene where jeb tucker lived you know by you know, the can in that can in that little camper yeah yeah and and jason's so nonchalant the guy owns a mountain yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, helicopter. You need a helicopter? Right? Yeah, you know, it's funny. The guy's like, yeah, so you know, we had this ridiculous bonfire, and the whole mountain's made out of coal. What assholes we are! Because here we are with this. And like, oh, you can just stoke the fire, and we didn't really think about it until we were at, until we were done filming. The whole mountain could have went up. We would have been all blown up. But you know what? We survived it, and the house, the place didn't blow up. And it's funny because everywhere you would go, there were chunks of coal everywhere. Well, you you would have been warm. Yeah, it would have been very warm. You know what? And then I'm gonna let the girls talk. One of the funniest things, Ed McKeever. Sorry, Ed. I gotta tell it. Ed McKeever, um, my boy, was up in the mount, was up on top of the hill with a big light fixture. You know, shining down, you know, on you know, down the mountain a little bit, uh, with lighting gear. And Ed's a big guy, man. Ed is, you know, six five, six six. You know, you know, two hundred ninety pounds. He's a monster. Ed falls down the fucking mountain, dude. I laughed so hard. I was crying. He, he falls down the mountain and catches himself on a tree. It was like watching Stallone and Cliffhanger. He just falls down this mountain. Like, if you know Ed and see Ed, he is just monster. And he falls down. And Ed also played, you know, a double for Jeb Tucker. You know, one of the one of the doubles for Jeb Tucker in the film as well. But that's it. That's what I wanted to say. It was one of the funniest things. Anyway, girls, go ahead. It's all you. Uh yeah, wow. I don't know how to follow that. <laughs> He's, right He's like, let me tell the great story and back to you. Oh, uh, Katie just said that they, they all did their own stunts, obviously. So. <laughs> I wanted to yeah. throw in, if, if you don't mind, guys, about the, the camaraderie that you mentioned, George, between the whole cast. And um, it really did permeate. You know, when you have a low budget film like this, when you have, we consider ourselves a bunch of underdogs. But when you got involved, I think each person then could see other people on set, whether it was the, the part of the cast or part of the crew. Like I said at the opening, when you saw the passion that was involved and the talent level, not only the passion, but the talent that everybody had in here. So it made my job easier when I'm doing a scene with Katie uh, or, or with Catherine or with Ernie or whoever, you see the talent level, it made my job easy. And you were actually, as underdogs, you want this film to succeed you're rooting for those people. Yeah. And so I think that's what I became like the biggest fan. I became a cheerleader for a lot of these uh, other actors and, and, and not just actors and then the sound guys. I mean, it just, it was amazing for everybody to work with. So I was so happy. And, and I think that just, I think everybody kind of felt the same thing to get back. So um, we all wanted, we all were going towards this common goal yeah. for success. I agree. I think that's an interesting point. You know, I think that most indie crews, um, you know, the good ones out there, the ones that do come together and have that family thing, I think there is an underdog element to it. There's an island of misfit toys type thing that goes on. 
Yeah. And everybody is there and everybody's a little fucked up and a little, everybody's a little tired and everybody's a little this or a little bit broken from whatever happened. And, uh, but we all kind of managed to keep each other going. And uh, a lot of times in my past, it's been keeping other people going. That's helped me keep myself going. Um, you know, and I'm wondering, you know, how much of that, you know, uh, must have must have been on this because you guys sound like you were up against some real, uh, you know, real adversity out there just with the nature and the the. the yeah, the- let 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 Jason take this one, please. Uh, I only hung off the tree till they called cut. No <laughs> way, my impending doom was going. That's big Ed. That's the guy who fell down the fucking that, mountain. That, I spoke like a true film crew member. Spoke like a true film guy. Ed McKeever, yep. and he, I'm actually working with him another project and with Catherine called uh, Matt Rats. But that's another yeah, story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, but I think uh, just as indie filmmakers in general, I mean, 90% of what we read, watch, and listen to is owned by six major media companies. So when you go into a project like this where you're not backed by one of those com- companies, when you're, you know, maybe not making the kind of income that you'd like to make as a freelancer, which we all are um, as storytellers in any capacity. I think um, you are, it can be really daunting and it can kind of, to kind of extend the metaphor, feel like you're at the bottom of a mountain and that you're just like struggling to get up and you can't, you know, climb something like that without each other. And I think, um, you really do you learn to lean on each other and in doing that you kind of build each other up and then you build the project up and that's how these things do kind of push forward and if we're going to see any sort of you know forward momentum and change in our industry wherein you know these kind of stories original stories are getting told it's going to be by supporting each other and coming together as a as a family not just on each project but as maybe community as a whole that's right. That's what the brigade is all about. That's absolutely what we're all about. You know what I'm saying? And, and it makes me really happy to hear you say that because I don't think enough people uh, realize that. You know, too many people are are in this for themselves. And you know, while it's important to be in it for yourself because survival, um, you know, it's you, you you can't. There's there's two types of survival, and and you know, the indie community used to be about sur- not only survival but collaborative survival it was about uh it was more of a musketeer type thing all for one and one for all type thing um and that doesn't exist a whole lot anymore you know and and as actors katie and, and Catherine, katie will start with you i mean you know do you find that on on a lot of films that you do um, and I'm curious to know what everybody thinks about this, but but just to start here, Katie, do you find that a lot of films uh, are as collaborative as this film, or do you find that that there's more films that don't have this kind of spirit behind them when when you go work on them? Um, I've been pretty lucky to have been a part of some cast and crews for some of these films where we are pretty tight. Um, some of them don't. Uh, some of them are not that way, and. Um, truthfully, those films where the people are not as tight, uh, they don't really go anywhere. They don't even hit a festival. Um, this one seems to have a little more staying power, uh, which I love, um, but I've been pretty lucky to experience both. But it's true that when people come together, you know, doing what they love um, and they bring a love for, you know, each other with it into, you know, that set, 
um, it just gums things together a lot more and, and gives it a lot more propulsion to, to go where we all want it to go. Very well said. Catherine, what do you think? Do you agree with that? Yeah, is that I mean, your experience too? Yeah, I mean, I, I've been really, really lucky. I mean, a lot of the, the projects I'm on are still pretty close to a lot of the, the people that I've worked with. And I know that that's rare, and I, I feel really lucky that that's a thing. Um, the first lead I ever had in a feature, I've been in uh, the wedding of two of those those people. I mean, um, like, I, I, I asked JC about this kid all the time. I think there's, I'm, I'm just really lucky. Um, but I think also, when you're working, there's a difference between a project at, um, at a low budget level that you know, the crew is really excited about and the story and the story pushes boundaries, it's exciting, versus a project that's a little bit more commercial and a little bit more cookie cutter. Not to say that we're not all, you know, stoked to be making movies like Tarantino says, but I mean, there, there's just a difference, I think, in excitement and, and um, challenges um, that you have to come up against, and that's kind of exciting. It's like putting together a puzzle. Um, and I think I've been really lucky that I've gotten to do a lot of genre work, and genre tends to kind of take those risks um, before others do. So it's just been really exciting. And I, I agree. I think we're, we're all really lucky that we've had that. That's awesome. Well said. Uh, I want to hit some comments, if I may, just because I don't know who they're referring to, but I think they know them. So, Lee Hoffman. Oh, Lee, that's she's the one that, that designed, I was talking earlier about, the costume, Jeff Tucker costume, it's her husband, Ralph. Gotcha, gotcha. And then Ed said, absolutely, Lee Hoffman, you rock. Miss you guys. Um, friend of the show, Mick. Hey, just Mick. peeping in. Mick is a stand-up guy. Some people may know him. Cut me, Mick. I had to, I'm sorry, it was horrible. <laughs> Mick is actually one of the Indie Brigade mentors. He's in our mentor program, actually. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah, we've got a great thing going with some folks in the industry that way. I'm like seeing a whole bunch of blame Joe. Play. No, 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 no. Okay. Yeah. Th thank blame you, Keith. Thank you, Joe. Keith. <laughs> Wow. Okay, I'm gonna start getting the complex here. Yeah. Uh, Joe Merch is coming. <laughs> you you muted your microphone, Joe. We lost you, Joe. Yeah. It's because I, I, I had to do the George. <laughs> I had to do the George thing and clear my throat, and I hit the mute button, and I uh, unfortunately didn't put it back on. <laughs> But um, what I was going to ask about is there's, I don't know who exactly to ask, probably Jason, that there, there's a slight rumor that a uh, sequel, maybe? Yeah, absolutely. When this was put together, this was put together to be a trilogy. And I had in my mind, especially with the, especially with the, the way I ended the film, I had in my mind where I wanted to pick up. You know, and then where I wanted the, the, the sequel and the third, and then the third sequel. And one of the things was when I was doing the deal with Indica Pictures and Lionsgate, they wind up saying that why are you going to limit yourself? Which is very why do you put a block on yourself? You know, because if Friday Thirteenth did that, there only would have been three. There wouldn't have been fifteen of them, or you know, or, or ten Halloweens, you know, or all that stuff. Which they were right. So um, yeah, there's going to be many sequels. 
And that's something that uh, I've, I've been working on uh, script for the sequel. Uh, Ernie O'Donnell has been working on the script for the sequel, and we're you know collaborating on it. And we just talked about it actually a couple of weeks ago with different ideas we're you know throwing around. Um, and of course, we're going to have the girls. These lovely ladies are going to be in the sequel because nice. watch the movie. You know they're in. They're, they survive. You know. I just spoiler alert. But these two, you know, these two beautiful young ladies, they survived. Yeah, know? yeah. Jeff, Jeff's character screwed with my head, so. <laughs> what are you saying, Jay? You see, one thing people have to understand, too. Is That's why I just said he screwed with my head. I didn't say anything else. <laughs> when, when, you watch, when you watch the ending of the film, and a lot of people either got it or didn't get it, and people would say, you know, what the hell happened? I had a twist like that with, you know, with, with Gene. And I said, you don't understand, when you're watching the, the movie from the beginning, you see Gene, he's taking his medicine, he's taking his pills, correct? Yeah, he's a broken uh, man. He's a broken man. When you don't, and, and he sees his daughter who passed away, who died. Nobody else sees it. You have to understand, in those three years, he has not seen his friends. He has cut himself off. He is not wrestling anymore. He's just, he's just in his own world. Gene had a breakdown. So Gene just doesn't take those pills that you think are helping his back and, and you know painkillers. Those are also antipsychotics, which nobody knows about. So by the time all this comes full circle, and it's spoiler alert. What's that? Spoiler <laughs> alert. No, no, yeah, but this is a joke. Trent, you know, it's and people that that's what happened. I found the lance in me. I'm sorry. You know, he had the breakdown. You know, and that was something that, you know, it's like he, then he twisted and he's not he's not there anymore. He lost all his fucking marbles pretty much, you know. But um, just so just so you want to know, spoiler alert, Jeb, Jeb's not dead. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. That's, that's actually saying a lot. That's saying a lot. That's but just, you're, you're like, like, I'm just going to say this one little thing. <laughs> The whole idea of making a make a trilogy and making a movie about uh, you know a killer and trying to make him iconic is to bring him back, like Jason, like the Friday Thirteenth, the Freddy Krueger, the Mike Myers. There's a lot to it, and it's 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 not what you it's it's not. You see, I thought you were going in a different direction with it, to be honest with you. And uh -huh. again, potential spoiler alerts going from no, it's fine, but Jeff it's to Gene to somebody else, possibly. But it's 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 a potential spoiler alert, but it's not the kind of spoiler that you're thinking. This is going to be very twisted. Very, it's, a, it's different. This sequel is going to be, it's going to be different. Well, I love but it. The Jeb's character, he, he he carries on. I'm not saying it could be anybody. Got it. So, with the experience with the first movie and the popularity, so what? kind of budget are you looking at for the second one well you know it's funny. potentially when i was talking to when i was talking to the distributor you know and they were talking about about budgets and how much you know if if this movie does well they would like to pick up the sequels you know and by picking up the sequels, they would be paying for the, you know, the budget. It's all just full. You jackass. Uh, look at him. Look at Ernie. <laughs> look at him. Look at him. Dumb looking. 
Um, so, uh, but they, well, they were talking about, and we were talking about it, they kind of hit me for a loop. And I was on the phone, I was with Ernie on the conference call with them, with the distributor. And their, their budget per film is, I, it was four to six million a film. And that's considered a low budget. Mm -hmm. That's considered, their, that's their low budget. That's what they were saying that Lionsgate would do. That's like the lowest that they go to make a film. Yeah. And I remember just, you know, uh, pretty much keeping cool, getting off the phone with them. And yeah, 200 acres of hell. You got it, buddy. And uh, I remember telling Ernie, I was like, holy shit, Ernie. Let me tell you something. We did ours for 65000 You give me a million dollars. I'll give you fucking Avatar. Sure, right? yeah. So Absolutely. you give me four to six million? All right, we're going to give you something that, that that you've never seen before. Yeah. You well, know? it's so, it's obvious based on, on this film and what you guys pulled off for the budget that you pulled it off for. Uh, it's obvious that, you know, if you were to be given like a million dollar budget or more, it's it'd be it'd be ridiculous what you guys could pull off and and i'm looking forward to seeing that ah thanks george yeah so am i can't wait we got thanks, gregory gregory wheels marks tuning in thank you very much um to answer your question it is 100 acres of hell where is that available oh 100 acres of hell is available on hulu voodoo amazon um Comcast, Verizon, iTunes, Google Play. God, what else? Time Warner Cable. Uh, as he's music, I know a band. Um, you know what? This Let me, is a question. I'm gonna pull that up because I do have a, I do have a list. But it's it's on so many platforms right now. It's going to be coming out on DVD very you know very soon. I'm actually Excellent. waiting on the date for the DVD um, because you know I I have. A lot of indie go go supporters that were amazing and they you know some of the packages come with that that they bought to help us uh with our dvd so i really can't wait to get those dvd dvds out and posters out to those supporters um our platforms why you are looking that up guys we actually have to start wrapping this up okay. so what i am going to do is i am going to start with the ladies and I'm going to start with Catherine, since you're up way past your bedtime, apparently. <laughs> um, <laughs> where can we? Oh, I appreciate it. I'm so glad I could do it from across the the pond. The pond. Yeah, it's great that you joined us tonight. And I think what Joe's getting at is where can we find you? Tell everybody where they can find you and what's going on with you. Uh, like on my socials. Absolutely. Socials, <laughs> movies. What do you got going on? Plug it. Uh, right now, um, uh, I have another film called Terrifier that you can watch on Netflix. They're actually the second one. That one, though. Uh, spoilers. Um, uh, you can also watch, I encourage everyone to watch uh, this film, Long Lost, that I'm super, super, super proud of. It's on uh, Amazon. And if you don't like horror, you can watch me on the Hallmark channel in Last Vermont Christmas. <laughs> and that was called Timber, her latest film. <laughs> no, I, um, 
I guess online, uh, I'm still here, I swear. <laughs> online, uh, you can follow me on Instagram, uh, Insta Catherine C with a C, on Twitter, Catherine Corcoran, and on Facebook, Catherine Corcoran. That's it. Excellent. Well, thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you, guys. Uh -huh. Thank you for having me. I'm still uh -huh. here. I swear, I didn't follow just the phone. <laughs> and we hope to have you on again with future projects that, that was awesome katie Definitely. please tell us what you have going on and where they can follow you at uh well right now i'm working on a film called agoraphobia it's still in the works uh hopefully it'll be out sometime next year um and so feature film i've done a lot of shorts with this group that we're doing um this film with but this one's going to be a long one um you can find me on facebook katie walsh there's a lot of us but here's my face you'll see me on there yeah, um, beautiful. and <laughs> my instagram uh it's not an acting instagram it's all my photography if you're uh, into that kind of thing uh my username on instagram is darth cater 33 uh, love it love awesome right <laughs> so that's where i'm at awesome well, thank oh, you. Right. Beautiful. That, that, perfect. And Jeff, it is your turn, sir. No, well, I'm all in right now. I'm taking an acting hiatus, but I'm all in for 100 Acres of Hell. We are going down to the horror con soon. Um, I think it's in March, and, and we're going to be promoting that. Um, That's right. But we're going to be looking at to, for myself to get involved and be producing some other films to bring you guys some awesome rock and indie stuff in the future. So Excellent. Awesome. I love you. Excellent. Well, we look forward to talking to you some more too, Jeff. Thank All you. All right. So what I'm going to do right now is I am going to drop the lady in, ladies and gentlemen that we just spoke with. Again, we will see you another time, I hope. And I'm going to start clearing up the screen. And then we're going to give Jason his final moment. Okay. Go ahead. All right. Well, first thing, um, the platforms have the movies on. I'm going to read them off to you. They are on Amazon, Voodoo, Hulu, Redbox, On Demand, iTunes, Google Play, Verizon, Comcast, Dish Network, DirecTV, Time Warner Cable, Fandango, Sony, Stars, AT&T, Frontier Xbox, YouTube, US TV Now for the military, so everybody overseas that are in the military, they can watch it, uh, Charter, Microsoft, Couple of more, I, uh, I'm, it's a couple of more platforms uh, that I don't have yet, but they just let me know that they're going on, and we'll be on DVD soon. You know, you can follow us on 100 Acres of Hell. You know, on Facebook, follow me at the Real Jason Kerner on Instagram and Jason Kern, Jason L Kerner on uh, Facebook, and uh, 100 Acres of Hell on Instagram. Follow us, you know, and. Uh, Check out the movie, you know. Check it out. Excellent. Oh, and I want to say one more thing to my boys, to everybody again, everybody that worked on the film. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You guys were amazing. Everybody from cast and crew, and I want to thank my boys who are out there. Then JDOT, Stateville three three one two, Todd and the crew. These guys, I love them. They're out there working safety for a big big ass fire. You know, on Route 35 in Sayreville. Guys, I hope you're safe. I love you guys. Um, that's it. That's all I got. Are well, you sure this time? That's it. I'm good, Joe. <laughs> Jason, thank you so much for coming on tonight. I appreciate you, man. It's been a real pleasure talking with you and your crew, man. A pleasure, guys. Thank you. Love you guys. And you guys rock, man. You really do. Thank you. We Have appreciate it. We'll do it again. All right. Love to. Thank you. All right. See you.
Joe. Great show. Absolute fucking phenomenal. <laughs> great show. You, you did a great job, man. Did Even with job. me interrupting? Uh, you know, fuck you. Well, I think it was a really good show. I think it was a really good show, and I, I was so thrilled that everybody came on. What a what a great group of people. What a great project. Uh, you know what a what a wonderful like infectious indie spirit all of them have. You know, I mean, it's cool, and that's the shit that I want people in the indie brigade to see exists. You know, it's not always banging your head against the wall. Even if you do bang your head against the wall, uh, you you do it with people who are like minded, who have the same goals, and who have the same spirit as you. And, you know, and it works out. And it did. And it it was very cool. And it's not just, you know, go on an acting gig, get pissed off and uh, go on to the next one. You got that camaraderie. Why can't I say that freaking word? Uh, I don't know. Are you drunk? No, not yet. It might be the uh, medicine. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. All right. Well, listen, man, I guess, uh, you know, for anybody listening to the audio streams, this has been Romero Pictures Indie Brigade with me, George C. Romero. And Joe Rigsby, Ranchley, or as we all know and love him, Joe Ridgely. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in tonight. Wait a minute. Where can they find us? I don't know. That's all on you. Seriously? Uh, RomeroPictures.com. Where else? RomeroPictures.com. All right. So also Facebook. (laughs) Dick. (laughs) Facebook, Twitter. Instagram, uh, Instagram, uh, brigade, right? Indie underscore, indie dot, or indie, indie underscore brigade. brigade. Um, having a difficult time with iHeartRadio right now, updating our shows. But other than that, we got Pandora, we got Apple, we got Google. Um, crap, I should have been everywhere. I, it's on your post too. So hang on. Fuck you. Also, your mic is blowing out. You've got some hot spots coming on your audio right now. Really? Yeah, just letting you know. That's no bueno. Um, Did I change the setting and I didn't know? I don't fucking know. Or is it the sick thing? I No, no, there's definitely, there's some... Is there? Some, some audio, like, pop, you pop, you pop. Uh, so you're saying I need a pop filter? Yeah, probably. <laughs> See, when I speak through mine, see how I sound? I sound pretty amazing, don't I? And see how I speak through yeah, mine. See? Yeah, see, you sound all fucked up. <laughs> uh, I'm looking where, for the, I was going to say, where's the list, man? Come on. I, I don't know. I didn't have it pulled up because this is your thing. My thing? I was the one bouncing back and forth doing everything. What are you talking I, about? I I now the New York accent's going to come out and... What are you talking about? What are you talking about? <laughs> I can't even find my own fucking Facebook page. I'm so hopped up on cold medicine. Oh, hold on one second. Hold on. I got this, I think. Uh, Jesus. (laughs) See more. See more what? All right, there we go. iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pandora, TuneIn, Radio Public, Breaker. Did it sound okay without the pop filter? Yeah, you sounded all right. All right, fair enough. So uh, other than that, thank you again to everybody who was with us tonight and who joined us tonight. Unfortunately, we can't get to every question or comment. It interrupts, and we, we got to get better with the whole uh, 
kind of interrupting with that. Yeah, we're working on it. I mean, you know, we we try to get to everybody, but what's important about the Indie Brigade show is that, you know, we get into such a flow when we're talking that we don't always necessarily, you know, I mean, I forget to kind of look over, which I need to get better at um, because I get into what we're talking about. So we'll take this one, everybody. Ernie, thanks, man. I appreciate it. And and I'm taking your compliment completely on me because fuck Joe. Um, (laughs) Ernie, looking forward to having you on again, pal. Thank you for everything and all your support and love, man. Thank you, everybody in the in the in the brigade. Thank you, everybody in the community. And as always, fuck off till next time. Oh, wait. I'm supposed to have like something prepared here right now, aren't I? All right, here it goes.